this business meeting of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee will come to order. Uh, the bipartisan bills and resolutions we will be marking up reflect the priorities and hard work of many members of this committee. And I want to thank the ranking member and his staff for working with us to build today's agenda. I have a few items to bring to your attention up front. First, there have been requests for holdovers on uh, SJ Res 10, S65, S1061, S Res 154, and all of the nominations on the agenda. Uh, and so uh, I, as always, will honor that. We will take up the nominations, however, along with S65 and S1061 on Thursday, which is the next scheduled uh, business meeting. With regard to SJ Res 10, I understand that some members of the committee are seeking additional information on the repeal of the 2002 AUMF. I'm willing to work with those members to ensure that they get answers to that questions, to their questions. To that end, my staff and I are available to engage on this critical matter and if needed to facilitate discussions with the administration and I urge those members who are interested to take advantage of that offer. The administration has already issued a formal statement of administration policy or SAP supporting repeal of the 2002 AUMF. Nonetheless, I am planning a member's briefing for the beginning of the July work period, so we will all have an opportunity to hear directly from the administration and to question State and Defense Department officials concerning the proposed repeal. We'll continue to work with Senators Kane, Young, and others, uh, and with a ranking member to get a markup agenda soon thereafter. Finally, I also want to mention one item that we will not be marking up today, but that is a priority for the ranking member and myself, and that is a global health bill. We are working on finalizing bill text for introduction this week, and we have agreed that we will be marking up the bill in the July work period. We look forward to sharing text with all of you as soon as it is ready and to move forward with a strong committee product. Turning to the legislative items on our agenda, as you have heard me say before, I believe the only way for this committee to be truly relevant is to be legislating on the important issues of our time, and this agenda reflects many of those issues. Let me highlight a few of them. I'd like to commend Senator Cardin for his leadership on two very important pieces of legislation on the agenda today the Global Magnitsky Human Rights Accountability and Reauthorization Act and the Combating Global Corruption Act. This committee must address the challenges of human rights violations and the scourge of corruption around the world, and I look forward to moving both bills out of the committee. I have two bills on today's agenda that are priorities for me, and I appreciate in particular Senator Rubio's co-sponsorship on both items. The Renaced Act recognizes the need for U.S. government to send a clear message to the Ortega regime, which is unleashing authoritarianism in a way that we have not witnessed in our hemisphere for decades. In a good news story, the Greek defense bill is a recognition of the strong bilateral relationship between the U.S. and Greece. It would bolster support for Greek military modernization and increase multilateral engagement among Cyprus, Greece, Israel, and the United States. I hope that both items receive strong support from the committee. Finally, I'd also note that we have two important resolutions on the agenda, including in relation to two unlawfully detained American citizens in Russia, Paul Whelan 
and Trevor Reed. And I look forward to a unanimous support on those. With that, I recognize the distinguished ranking member for his remarks. Senator Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, uh, first of all, like you, I was disappointed we weren't able to include the uh, global health legislation on this markup. But let me say, uh, all of us have spent a lot of time on this. I, I truly believe everyone is working in good faith to get us uh, to a good place. It's complicated, uh, no question about that. And I hope we can, as you suggested, uh, introduce it this week and uh, have a business meeting after we return in the 4th of July recess. I think a lot of us believe this could be one of the most significant things that, uh, that this committee does uh, in this Congress. As to the 2002 AUMF, uh, th this, the AUMFs have always been vexing. Uh, I've sat through scores of hours uh, of uh, testimony and arguing on that amongst the lawyers and politically and everything else. Uh, but on today's agenda was uh, Senate Joint Resolution 10, which would repeal the 2002 authorization for the use of military force. Uh, well, I support the assertion of congressional authority over decisions to send American men and women into harm's way. The 2002 AUMF has long been used to address threats emanating from Iraq, where our troops have been facing threats from the Islamic State and rent-backed Shia militias over recent years. I'm further concerned about the message that this repeal could send to the region. Indeed, I think that's uh, the most important uh, uh, thing uh, that we're doing when it comes to the 2002 AUMF because both sides agree that the existence of the AUMF probably doesn't make that much difference when it comes to making a decision as to whether or not uh, to use military force under uh, certain circumstances, such as the Soleimani uh, attack, which I thought was uh, one of uh, uh, the best moves that uh, the last administration made uh, against uh, the Islamic State. And I'm particularly concerned about the message it would send as negotiators continue to gather in Vienna to jump back into the Iran nuclear deal. This action would send an unintended message, unintended message, that we are, con uh, we are ceding security interests in Iraq to Iran. I support Senator Romney and other members of the committee in their request for a public hearing and classified briefing on the ramifications of repealing the 2002 AUMF. These are important issues, and I believe some members who haven't been here for the past 10 years plus of this debate should feel confident in the potential ramifications of repealing the 2002 AUMF before they have to vote on such a measure. And uh, I want to thank the chairman for uh, uh, working on making that happen, and I have confidence he'll get that done. Uh, on the Israel bill, I would like to thank Senators Portman, Bro uh, Booker, Cardin, Young, and Menendez for working with our staff on the Israel Relations Normalization Act. This bill underscores the importance of normalization agreements between Israel and its Arab neighbors. The Abraham Accords and the agreements like them have the potential to fundamentally change and are beginning to do so, the region for better. This bill calls for a strategy to strengthen and expand the accords, ensure that the agreements reap tangible economic and security benefits, and ensure that the State Department and other federal agencies are appropriately resourced to drive additional agreements forward. I understand that this bill will be held over and considered at the next markup. The Uyghur, uh, on the Uyghur Forced Labor Bill, I was pleased to see Senate Bill 65, uh, on the agenda today. I'm proud to be an original co-sponsor of this bill, and I would like to commend Senators Rubio and Merkley for their efforts in promoting this legislation, which, if enacted, would have a meaningful impact on combating the use of forced labor in Xinjiang and throughout China. I also understand that this bill has been held over and will be considered at the next markup. Uh, as far as uh, Senator Cardin's anti-corruption bills, I'd, I'd also like to recognize him for his leadership and join the chairman in that regard in highlighting the problems of the global corruption and putting forth proposals to address these issues. The Global Magnitsky Act is a vital tool to combat corruption and human rights abuses around the world. I'm eager to reauthorize it through Senate Bill 93. 
We have seen certain countries use corruption as a geopolitical weapon in the provisions of Senate Bill of, uh, of Senate 14, the Combating Global Corruption Act, if enacted, will hopefully help our government expose and counter such efforts. I'm also happy that we were able to take up the two resolutions on U.S. citizens and former Marines Paul Whelan and Trevor Reed, both of whom have been arrested, falsely convicted, and imprisoned by the Russian government. Russia must cease holding our citizens as political hostage, which is exactly what this is. Finally, the resolution calling on all parties in Georgia to sign and fulfill the agreement made on April 19th is an excellent effort uh, by Senators Johnson and Shaheen that I'm proud to co-sponsor. All political parties in Georgia must put their disagreements in the past and fulfill their obligations under the agreement. This is the only path to improving Georgia's democratic institutions. I don't see Senator Shaheen here. Uh, she and I were there in 2012 when they had their initial elections. I think both of us were, have been happy with those elections to start with and have had disappointments along the way. We continue to meet with the various political parties. Uh, in my judgment, they uh, over-rely on the United States uh, to uh, move things forward. And every time I meet with them, my message is, you, Georgians, need to figure this out and move this forward. And I'll continue with, uh, with that message. With that, I yield back. Thank you, Mr. Thank you for, for your comments. Um, given that a vote has just started, I intend to first turn uh, to take up a number of those items, uh, those without amendments and block. Then I'll turn to S93. I realize that many of you want to discuss some of the items that were held over, and I support that discussion, but I would ask you to hold off until after uh, we've taken the committee vote since uh, we have the appropriate quorum at this time. With that, uh, without objection, we'll now consider seven bills and resolutions on the agenda in block as amended by the following noticed amendments as well as a Foreign Service Officer promotion list. S-1041 is amended by the manager's amendment, S-2000 in the nature of a substitute, S-14 is amended by the manager's amendment, S-RES 67, S-RES 165 is amended by the manager's preamble, S-RES 107, S-RES 176 as amended by Johnson's first degree amendment number one, Johnson first degree amendment number two, and the manager's resolving clause amendment, and FSO list USAID pin 479. Uh, is there uh, a motion to approve these items in block so moved. amended by the notice amendments uh, I just referenced? It's been so moved. Is there a second? A second? Uh, yes. No amendments were filed on these bills, and so uh, no. we have not. No, S-93 is not in the in block group, yes. So again, a motion has been made and seconded. Uh, all those in favor will say aye. 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 All those opposed will say nay. The ayes have it. And those um, uh, 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 bills and resolutions as well as the uh, Foreign Service list are approved and sent to the Senate with a favorable recommendation. Mr. Chairman. Uh, Senator Markey. Yep, Mr. Chairman. Uh, plea on one of those bills that we just passed. Uh, could I ask you to withhold a moment, and then we will turn to a full okay, conversation. Uh, let, me con uh, let me turn uh, to S-93, the Global Magnitsky Human Rights Accountability Reauthorization Act. Uh, before we have amendments on it, is there a motion to approve the substitute amendment? So moved. Is there a second? 
Second, a uh, motion has been made and seconded. The question is on the motion to approve the substitute amendment. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say no. The ayes have it, and the amendment is agreed to. Uh, with that, uh, my understanding is, are there, um, are there any further amendments? Senator Cruz. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would call up Cruz first degree one and Cruz second degree to Cruz first degree one. Uh, what both of these bills, these amendments do is impose global, global Magnitsky sanctions on the supreme leader of Iran, Ayatollah Khamenei, and the regime's recently elected president-elect, Ibrahim Raisi. Both of them are currently and well-deservedly sanctioned right now under Executive Order 13876 because of their ties to the Office of the Supreme Leader, which sets Iran's foreign policy, including its repeated attacks on American troops, its global terrorism, its unacceptable actions in international waters, and of course its seemingly never-ending drive for nu nuclear weapons. However, just yesterday, Biden administration officials were asked if they intended to keep those sanctions in light of Racy's election. They reiterated that they were likely to revoke much of the Trump-era sanctions regime. Both Khamenei and Racy richly deserve to be sanctioned under Global Magnitsky for corruption and human rights abuses. Khamenei has used corruption, violence, and confiscation to amass a conglomerate of entities worth approximately $200 billion stolen from the Iranian people. His three most valuable possessions are the execution of Imam Khomeini's order, the Mustazafan Foundation, and the Astan Quds Razavi. These companies also conduct international business. The U.S. should use Global Magnitsky to isolate and to freeze this business empire and to block the regime. And as for Ricey, Ricey is a monster and a tyrant. He was one of the four judges on the death committees in 1988, responsible for the mass executions of thousands of political prisoners over five months. He then served as a prosecutor in Tehran and other judiciary positions, which he used repeatedly and systematically to persecute Iranian dissidents. And he has already said he intends to intensify crackdowns and increase Iran's military aggression. And so I would urge uh, adoption of these amendments. Thank you. Senator Cardin. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. First, let me thank uh, Senator Menendez and Senator Risch for bringing forward the, the Global Magnitsky Reauthorization Act. I also want to thank you for including in the package S-14, the combating global corruption, because this committee has been a leader on fighting corruption. I want to thank Senator Young for his help on the combating global corruption, um, where we will be able to evaluate every country's uh, mission to fight corruption with tier ratings, and those that are not making significant enough progress uh, will be subject to sanctions. But more importantly, we'll also have capacity in each mission to deal with how a country is dealing with corruption. The Global Magnitsky Reauthorization, S-93, reauthorizes this program and it strengthens uh, this tool. Uh, Senator Wicker is my co-sponsor and I know is supported by a lot of members of this committee. The Global Magnitsky has worked. 
It was an initiative by Congress, resisted initially by the administration, and has now become a global standard. We've gotten our allies to act on the global Magnitsky framework. Canada, UK, Europe have all followed Americans' leadership. We know that this discussion has been on the agenda of Mr. Putin. We've gotten under, we certainly have reached him. So, Senator Cruz, you raise a very valid point about making sure we have sanctions against anyone who is violating these basic principles, but I oppose your amendment, and I need to explain why. It's very important that we're dealing not just with visa restrictions, but also banking restrictions and confiscating money. And there is a process that needs to be followed in each of these cases. And that's been one of the hallmarks of why Global Magnitsky has been so well received among the democratic states of, of the world, because we have a process. We also have an unprecedented ability of Congress to make recommendations as to who should be sanctioned. We can do that under the Magnitsky law. So we're involved in this process already. We have never used the basic framework to single out an individual or individuals. And I think that's inconsistent with what we're trying to do with Global Magnitsky is to have a framework where we can consider individuals for sanctions. Congress plays a role, administration plays a role, there is a process, and we can hold accountability. But for us to start naming people in the basic statute, I think would be a mistake. And for that reason, I regrettably oppose your amendment, but I certainly don't oppose your passion to hold these individuals accountable. Anyone else wishing to be recognized? Senator Markey. Yep. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Chairman, very much. Um, yeah, global Magnitsky is obviously a very important concept that we all agree upon. And uh, it's become the standard by which we operate. Uh, and we saw in Senate 14 um, how we're going to be using it um, as a way of dealing with the Nord Stream uh, project, bringing natural gas uh, from Russia into Germany uh, and use it as a way of sanctioning you know, individuals who are engaging in corruption. And that's an important thing to do, and I support it. But I just want to say here at this time that we should also take note of the fact that the United States imports 650,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia at $70 a barrel, tens of billions of dollars over the course of a year. So it's difficult to preach temperance from a bar stool. If we're going to be telling Germany that we should not, that they should not be importing natural gas from Russia, then we should not be importing oil from Russia either. We just shouldn't be. And so to the extent to which those are corrupt individuals in Russia as part of this petro oligarchy that exists there, we know it's the principal source of funding for their government. Well, we're providing billions of dollars to Russia on a yearly basis, tens of billions. So, uh, I would say that, I just want to say to my colleagues, I want to work with all of you in terms of backing out that 650,000, 700,000, we're at our highest level of imports from Russia in 10 years right now. It's getting higher and higher. So I, I'd love to work with my colleagues, ensuring that we back out all that oil, uh, as we are asking Germany to do the same thing with natural gas. Uh, and again, the same people who are being sanctioned uh, are being targeted under Global Magnitsky uh, in the natural gas sector will be pretty much the same people uh, in the oil sector. And so I just would like to say that I think it's a great opportunity for us to work together 
uh, because we know at the heart of it that so many of these regimes are just dependent upon the oil and gas revenue, and it gives us an opportunity to move in different directions domestically as well, that we break the, the addiction, but we also are sending a signal to the rest of the world that we're serious about it. We're not just going to preach, uh, but we're also going to act. So I thank you, Mr. Chairman. I just wanted to take that opportunity to raise the issue as we're moving forward. I will be uh, trying to take some action here, and I'd love to do it on a bipartisan basis. I think it's an important message to send to Russia. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. I'll remember temperance from a bar stool. That's, that's a keeper. So uh, Sounds like Senator John Bush. Kennedy. Senator Cruz. Um, Mr. Chairman, briefly. Yes. Uh, I, I, I want to speak in favor of the amendments. I, I, first of all, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate Senator Cardin's working on, on this and, uh, and the good work it's done. I think we can actually strengthen this by doing what we're doing here. I have been deeply disappointed by this by administrations uh, not doing what was intended by Magnitsky, and I think this is pushes the envelope just a little bit further and actually strengthens what we're doing, and so I'm, I'm going to support this. I, I don't think it in any way undercuts Magnitsky. Senator Cruz, and unless somebody else after that, I'll have a comment, and then we'll go to a vote. Senator Cruz. Uh, if I could briefly respond on a couple of things. One, Senator Markey's comments where he suggested a desire to decrease uh, oil imports from Russia. I emphatically share that desire and, and would more than welcome Senator Markey's cooperation in pulling back on the policies of this administration that are decreasing U.S. energy production. The reason we're importing more from Russia is because the Biden administration has canceled the Keystone Pipeline, has shut down new leases on federal lands, has shut down new leases in offshore waters, and as we produce less, uh, that ends up sending billions of dollars to our enemies. And so uh, the easiest way to take money out of Putin's pocket is for us to produce our own energy rather than importing it from Russia. That, I suspect, is a much longer and more extended debate, which we will certainly have in this, this committee and other places. Let me say more broadly on, on the specific issue before the committee right now. Um, I, I share Senator Cardin's passion for Global Magnitsky. I think it is an incredibly important tool. I think it's a tool that, that America has used to protect human rights globally. And, and it is, so I'm an enthusiastic supporter of reauthorizing it. Uh, I also think there's an acute need here because the Biden administration is uh, foreshadowing their intention to lift sanctions on Khamenei and Racy, two individuals currently sanctioned, two individuals whose human rights records are atrocious. They're not even a little bit bad. They're unspeakably bad. And the Biden administration is, is foreshadowing an intention to lift sanctions on them in exchange for nothing. Not in exchange for any agreement, not in exchange, but simply to lift sanctions on them unilaterally. And so this amendment is an opportunity for members of this committee on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, uh, to voice your opinion on whether Khamenei and Racy should be, have sanctions lifted upon them or, or whether the same standard should apply to them that apply to other bad actors across the globe. Mr. Chairman, uh, uh, briefly. Uh, Senator Markey. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I would just, just acknowledge just, for members that there is a vote that's on Yeah, thank you. Come. So just for the record, the number that I'm using 
of 650,000 barrels a day imported from Russia is during the Trump administration. Those are the most recent numbers, just so you understand. And, uh, and this is as he's meeting with Putin and simultaneously saying that we've reached energy independence in the United States. Clearly, we had not under the Trump administration. So this is an inherited problem that President Biden has from the Trump administration. And of course, we know that uh, President Trump never raised this issue of our dependence upon oil coming in from Russia. Uh, but we know right where that oil went, out of the pockets of American consumers, directly into the hands of those oligarchs. So I'm just raising it because it's a continuation right from the Trump administration. Uh, and Joe Biden, as he has with many other issues, just inherited the problem. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Let me uh, turn to the amendments, uh, Han. I will oppose the amendment. First, uh, these amendments, uh, these uh, sanctions already are not sanctions under Magnitsky as it is. They are sanctions that are, these individuals have been sanctioned for other reasons. Uh, first, the president-elect of Iran, Ibrahim Raisi, is already subject to human rights sanctions due to his involvement in the abuse and extrajudicial killings of protesters in 2019. <coughs> More critically, this amendment, I view, does not enhance the Global Magnitsky Accountability Act, which is already the most comprehensive, targeted human rights and anti-corruption sanctions law in U.S. History. The law already provides a thorough, effective framework for state and treasury to investigate cases and for the administration to sanction individuals uh, engaged in serious human rights abuses. And it provides a formal mechanism for Congress, a mechanism that I have invoked uh, in the past with the former chairman, to recommend officials who have committed significant corruption or serious human rights abuses to be sanctioned. So I applaud the efforts of my good friend to strengthen and extend the global Magnitsky framework. I'm a strong supporter of sanctions as a tool. I have devised many of them against Iran. And I do believe uh, that uh, Raisi, under, under existing sanctions, should continue to be sanctioned, uh, as well as um, the questions uh, onto this, the, uh, the first degree amendment, which I will oppose uh, for largely the same reasons uh, as uh, I have just stated. Um, with that, unless there are any other, uh, other members who wish to speak to it, do you, do you seek a recorded vote? Okay. The clerk will call the roll. Now, this is on um, amendment on both or is it? Is the first degree amendment a sufficient roll call vote or are you looking for a roll call vote on both of them? That's fine. Unanimous um, consent has been asked to combine uh, both the first and second degree amendments into one vote. Is there any objection? Without objection, so order. The clerk will call the roll. Mr. Carton? No. Mr. Shaheen? No. No by proxy. Mr. Coons? No. Mr. Murphy? No. Mr. Payne? No. Mr. Markey? No. Mr. Merkley? No. Booker? No by proxy. No by proxy. No, by proxy. No, by proxy. Mr. Aye. Mr. Chairman? No. Mr. Chairman, the age of 10, the age of 
and the amendment uh, fails. Um, the question, uh, therefore, unless there are any other amendments, which I am unaware of, the, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Senator Paul. For over a decade, I've been talking about countries that have uh, blasphemy laws that lead to the death penalty. Uh, I first advocated for Asia Bibi back in 2011. Uh, in Pakistan, they still are putting people to death for blasphemy. Uh, Shagufta Kalsar and her husband Shafquat Emmanuel are Christians in Pakistan. They've been on death row for seven years. My amendment would have the president to uh, submit a report to our committee uh, detailing countries that have the death penalty or life imprisonment for anti-apostasy laws, anti-blasphemy laws, or laws prohibiting marriage between individuals of different religions. If countries were found to be on this list, uh, they would then be prohibited from getting foreign aid from us. And that's the extent of the bill, and I'd request a recorded vote if possible. Okay. Mr. Chairman, Pardon? just speaking briefly in opposition to the amendment, I certainly share Senator Paul's concerns about this type of behavior and should have consequences. We're dealing with the Magnitsky sanctions here, which are individual sanctions against uh, human rights violators. This is not a country-sanctioned regime. So he's, I think you're putting into a bill uh, an amendment that's really not germane to the, the structure of the global Magnitsky, and I would urge my colleagues to oppose. I share Senator Paul's concerns about religious freedom. Uh, I'm also concerned uh, that uh, religion should never be used as a pretext for persecution or denying anyone's basic rights. I think there are other venues for this, which I would look to work with the senator on, but uh, in Magnitsky, as pointed out, about individuals, not country-specific. So uh, I will oppose the amendment for that reason. Mr. Senator Rich. Uh, I, I want to associate myself with those exact remarks. Uh, in addition to that, I want to state that uh, it, putting this in here is going to cause us some real unintended consequences and difficulties with some nations that we have uh, relationships with that are delicate, to say the least. Uh, I, I in no way uh, denigrate uh, the efforts to try to uh, obtain religious freedom, but uh, this is uh, this is a very difficult uh, way to go about it. So I, I'm going to oppose uh, this amendment. Is there any other Senator Cruz. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm going to support this amendment. Um, I recognize the concerns that Senator Risch just raised, and there are certainly countries that uh, their current law includes this, and we have strategic interest for working and cooperating with them. That being said, I think Senator Paul is exactly right that enforcing uh, so-called blasphemy laws, and in particular <coughs> imposing the death penalty because of someone's choice of religious faith, uh, is an abomination. And uh, I don't think we should ignore the impact of U.S. law on helping change the policies of other countries. If Senator Paul's amendment were adopted, uh, I think we would see some of these countries uh, have a very serious consideration about repealing those laws. And I think when it comes to U.S. aid, uh, we ought to use it in a way that, that supports our interest and supports our values. And so I'll be supporting Senator Paul's amendment, even though he didn't support my amendment. <laughs> Very gallant of you. Senator Paul. Uh, well, what to say. Um, in response to those who are worried about our strategic relationship with countries that, have, uh, that put people to death for blasphemy, 
Um, this would only prevent foreign aid, not uh, military sales of weapons, alliances, going to war with people. So if you still want to fight arm in arm with those people killing people for blasphemy, you would be allowed to under this. This is just foreign aid. I think at the very least we could limit gifts to people and say, for goodness sakes, you can't put people to death, you know, for intermarriage of faith or blasphemy. And the reason we put it on this vehicle is because this vehicle will pass. If we put it on another vehicle, then it will become symbolic and never become law. Thanks. Uh, the clerk will call the roll on the Paul Amendment. Mr. Carton? No. Mrs. Chimini? No, by proxy. No. Mr. Murphy? No. Mr. Kane? No. Mr. Markey? No. Mr. Merkley? No. Mr. Booker? No, by proxy. No, by proxy. Mr. Schatz? No, by proxy. No, by proxy. Mr. Calhoun? Mr. Risch? No. No by proxy. No by proxy. Mr. Johnson? Aye. Mr. Romney? No by proxy. No by proxy. Mr. Portman? No by proxy. No by proxy. Mr. Paul? Yes. Mr. Young? No. Mr. Barrasso? No by proxy. No by proxy. Mr. Cruz? Aye. Mr. Rounds? No. Mr. Haggerty? Aye. Mr. Chairman? No. Court for report. And the amendment is not agreed to. Uh, the question is on the motion to approve S93 as amended. All those in favor will say aye. 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 All those opposed will say nay. The ayes have it. And S93 is reported favorably to the Senate. Uh, now, uh, there is, uh, I understanding that this vote will only be held open to three because the Vice President is waiting to cast a, a vote. And so, uh, I'm happy to come back and entertain remarks. If somebody can do it in, the, in a minute, I'm happy to consider that. Senator Kane? In, in one minute, just with respect to SJ Res 10, the AUMF, we were anxious to move to that today because the 91 and 02 AUMFs were AUMFs to authorize military action against a government of Iraq that no longer exists. They weren't to authorize action in Iraq. We toppled the government of Saddam Hussein, and Iraq is now a strategic partner. However, I do think the comedy... Uh, provision in this committee that allows something to be postponed for one meeting makes sense. And I also believe that the request for a briefing on the topic is a good faith request. And so I believe together with my co-sponsor, Senator Young, look forward to that discussion. Thank you very much. Senator. Uh, Senator. Mr. Chairman, uh, I, I have some uh, remarks uh, along those lines that I just asked be submitted for the record. Absolutely. Without objection, they shall, shall, shall be submitted. I look forward to working with you uh, and the ranking member on the um, health bill. I think it's critical we partner with state and AID to make sure we know their perspectives and we're well prepared for the next pandemic. I'd ask to be joined as a co-sponsor to S2000 and SRES 67154 and 176. Without Thank objection, you, Mr. Chairman. so ordered. Mr. Chairman. Senator Cruz. I likewise have some remarks that I would ask to be submitted to the record on the committee's adoption of my amendments concerning the Nord Stream 2 pipeline on S14, the Combating Global Corruption Act, and so I would ask that they be submitted to the record. Without objection. With that, unless there's any other member seeking recognition, this completes the committee's business. I ask unanimous consent that staff be authorized to make technical or conforming changes without objection, so ordered. And with that, the committee stands adjourned.